and Warm Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is the college football recap show. As always, I'm your host, Nate. I am going to apologize right now. I got Thursday or Monday night football going on in the background. We've got Seattle team total. So if, if we break from college for that, just know that is that is why. But we're going to talk a little recap from the weekend. Learned a lot of things. Didn't have the best betting outcome, but... You know, we moved still to 62% on the year, 18 for 11 total. So we're, we're still in the money here. Um, we learned what a lot of these football teams are going to look like. We got some good data points. I can't wait to talk Red River shootout in Oklahoma, Texas here uh, later in the week. That episode will come out Friday. That's going to be such a fun game to break down. That Texas football team, that is a good football team. Good defense, good offense, really solid all-around football team against an Oklahoma team that is starting to ascend right at the right time, I think. Um, and we'll talk about it. We'll break down the angles. We're going to spend a lot of time prepping for that game. So I'm very excited for that uh, later this week. That episode will be out Friday as always. So make sure you are subscribed uh, to get that. Like I said, 11-18 so far in the season. We'll see if we can improve. But let's talk about let's talk about this week. I think we start right off. USC-Colorado. Um, that game, 48-41, uh, the box score, I think, makes it a little bit more impressive than what it was when you kind of go back and rewatch that. There were certainly some things that Colorado deserves some some praise on. Um, but let's start first with the bad, and that's USC's defense. USC's defense makes this team an unserious contender. They're not winning anything serious this year. Uh, somehow... Lincoln Riley has had the exact same team for the last seven years. It, it, it's just score 50 points and hope that's enough. The Alex Grinch, we've been decent on Alex Grinch, you know, year over year progression from his defenses, but they've never been elite. Um, I thought that with better talent at USC and that defensive line, that is actually good. Uh, led by bear Alexander, that this team's defense could be better firm enough for that, this USC team could be taken seriously. They cannot. They're an absolute joke. The back end of that defense is... It's not good, folks. It is not good. They have not gotten that figured out. I thought at this point in the season, they might start to get it figured out a little bit, and they did not, um, which really speaks to how bad the Colorado staff handled the end of that game situation. But the the USC defense is, is not good. Um I think when watching the game, it felt a little bit closer than it was when I, I rewound it um, because it it did feel like, you know, USC goes up like 41-14. The offense starts to sort of mess around a little bit, you know, take the foot off the gas. Caleb Williams throws that pick, which was clearly like, a, let's see what I can get away with here pick. Um, they were super efficient offensively in the early part of that game. They get up big. And then it sort of starts to slow down. Now, credit to Colorado, though. They stayed mentally tough, and they made that a game at the end for them. They gave themselves a shot there at the end, um, which I thought was really impressive. That was the thing I wanted to look for most. You know, we talked about in the preseason. How was this Colorado team going to handle failure this season when it came? Because it was going to come. Because this team is, you know, in my opinion, a four to five win team. You know, how are they going to handle that? That was going to be a real big indicators whether or not Dion and this coaching staff would eventually be successful. And I think they handled it perfectly. I mean, they got smacked last week by Oregon in a really physical game in which they had virtually no success. They come back against a USC team, high powered team 
they're down big early and they still hang around. They still are mentally tough enough to not give up in that game, to kind of claw their way back, to take advantage of opportunities when USC's a little asleep at the wheel. USC's defense starts to get gassed. They're not good. Colorado steps up in a big moment. Schroeder Sanders steps up, puts him in himself in a spot to really make some noise, and then the coaching staff just goes brain dead. I mean, that time management at the end of the game was terrible. And and some of that's on Sanders, too, for not getting the guys lined up with some urgency and, and getting things going. But the play calling to just run it up against the middle, I mean, the strength of this USC defense is that interior line. It's the defensive line, but especially the interior. And you're just running it right up the gut. Just tick, 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 time, wasting away, melting away to the point that, yes, you were successful in eventually getting a score, making it a seven-point game but then you have to kick the onside kick instead of maybe kicking it off to them and trying to play defense against an offense that had now gotten out of rhythm because they had taken their foot off the gas. Like it just complete terrible mismanagement there at the end of it. But, but credit to the Colorado team for sticking in tough um, and and not giving up because it would have been very easy to just throw in the towel there. Um, So, so credit where it's due. This is still, you know, an okay football team. They've got some winnable games coming up here. Let's see how they they come back against Arizona State. Arizona, folks, I'm going to tell you right now on their schedule, it's going to going to be a little bit more. They shouldn't overlook that game. You know, they're going to have Washington and, and other tough games coming down the road, the Utahs of the world. Um, so we'll continue to keep an eye on them. I, the announcing was terrible. I'm tired of Fox's coverage of this team. I mean, the we don't have to go into deep, but my God, the difference in calls. You'd see something spectacular. It'd be no enthusiasm. And then all of a sudden, Colorado gets like a meaningless first down. And all of a sudden, you know, now we've got, and I apologize for the noise there, one of ESPN site had an ad and I thought I muted it. Um, it, it was just bad. So we'll see how that goes. Whew. Notre Dame Duke, end of end of the night. There's a couple different ways you can take that game. I think if you're a Notre Dame fan, I think that the bad for that is there's a really big question mark on the offensive coordinator side. The game plan left a lot to be desired. Now you are down Thomas, Colsey, and Greyhouse, which I think that's sort of the good is you still manage to win that game, make big plays at the end to go out and win the game without those three guys there and and really not having much available in the wide receiver room. I think that was great. I think it was great that, you know, go figure, you go out, you get a guy like Sam Hartman, you put the ball in his hands when the moment means the most, and he goes out and converts a gritty fourth down. There you go. But I think there's still some things to be concerned about with this Notre Dame offensive scheme. It leaves a lot to be desired. The offensive line's good. Um, you know, Joe Alt left tackle phenomenal interior line. We've talked about it preseason so far this season. It's, it's okay. It's probably good enough. I thought the right tackle position would be a little bit better. It it is what it is. Sam Hartman is that dude estimate is a, a very good running back where you can just kind of wear teams down with him. And then boom, late in games, he can break something off. Like we saw in that Duke game defensively, Notre Dame, really good. I think that's that's the big takeaway is, you know, this Notre Dame team had their hearts ripped out against Ohio State. 
questions around what they mentally would be like in this game because we saw last year they lose a tough game in the shoot Ohio State, come back the next week, and Marshall beats them. So what's this team going to look like? I thought the defense was gritty. I thought that was a BS targeting call. I mean, what are we doing, folks, at this point? That is one of the worst calls I've ever seen. I know it's the it's the rule, but we got to get that changed. That was terrible. It's a moving target. He's clearly not trying to to, to hurt the kid or, or headhunt or anything like that. Like, this is still football at the end of the day. Um but it was a gritty win, but I, I think there's certainly some concern from an offensive standpoint in just the play calling. Let's see what it looks like as, as the wide receiver room gets a little bit healthier. But we talked about that in the Ohio State game. The coaching staff really let them down with the game plan, I thought, offensively. Wasn't great again, but you also down a lot of guys in the wide receiver room. So we'll kind of give it up to that. Um, Duke, gritty team. Seasons, unfortunately, unfortunately over for them. Mike Elko, though. Great coach. I'm not going to be terribly surprised if teams like Michigan State and, and big programs that are in the market for a head coach come a calling. Um, we'll see what Baylor places like Baylor and things like that with Dave Miranda here in a minute. That would be a great hire if if Dave. I think USC fans at this point are 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 just refreshing Baylor feeds to see you know Dave Miranda gets an insane comeback win this week. But if Dave Miranda gets let go. I feel like that's a must hire at USC that that instantly changes the game plan, especially for next year. Cause it, by all looks, Caleb Williams seems to be floating the idea that he's, he's probably coming back um, to be a really serious contender. Georgia Auburn, man, Georgia. What, what did you guys do all week? I mean, coming into this game, everybody and their mother knew Auburn was no threat in the passing game. This was going to be a run-heavy team, and they got after it. And I think that speaks to some of the concern. You know, Kirby's talked a lot about complacency, and, and that's certainly a concern. But I think the bigger concern is there doesn't seem to be that edge this year. You think about last year's team and the year before that. I think people undervalued how important Stenson Bennett was as a leader in that locker room, especially from an offensive standpoint um, and getting the guys going. You, you know, you saw the offensive alignment, you know, getting Beck going. And, and that's... Not great. You want to see it the other way around, your quarterback getting the guys going. But I, I think defensively, Jalen Carter really set the mood for that defense and set the edge and, and gave them a, a different type of mentality. And I just, I don't know if that fire is there this year for this team. They don't seem to be playing with that type of edge. Now, still, I think the best team right now, I, I don't have a problem with them being voted number one. And we are nitpicking, but that's what you got to do when we're, when we're talking about championship caliber teams. When we're talking about the elite of the elite, you, you sort of got to nitpick. And I think that's the question is, I don't know if they have that edge. I know they have the best player arguably in, in football right now, Brock Bowers. He needs to seriously be considered for the Heisman. I know that's become a, essentially a quarterback award, but Brock Bowers took over that game. He, he won that game for Georgia on the offensive side of the ball. He was the best player. He took over that game and won them that game. That man needs to be deserving of some real Heisman love at this point in time. Um, but I don't have a problem with with Georgia keeping number one. I, I wouldn't have a problem if, if voters moved Michigan into the number one slot. I think those two teams are very comparable. Michigan went in and, and put a shellacking on Nebraska. Not terribly surprising, um, given you know where Nebraska is in its rebuild. I think people need to be patient. I can feel the Nebraska fans starting to get itchy here. It feels like on social media, um, you, you got to give Matt Rule a little bit of time here. You can't just be rotating through coaches like that. Uh, let's see what he does this offseason. Um, 
but the big thing for Michigan, the takeaway was how are they going to handle that Nebraska front? Um, that was the real test. That was sort of the mile marker. I think that they did a great job. This Michigan team, once again, is for real. Um, they're going to be the games that, you know, Penn state and Ohio state have against them. It's going to be a dog fight. Um, and, and Michigan is looking, it's starting to ascend at the right time. It, and that's all, all college football is it's, can you peak at the right moment, um, with these kids and Michigan seems to be making that ascent right at the right time. Penn state Northwestern was a, a little concerning if you were scoreboard watching, um, but they took care of business. I think the most concerning part was in the first half. They sort of had that goal line formation it was like first and three or first and Four, I can't remember. They they had four or three yards to go to, to get in first down. It took them four times to get in. And that speaks to the concerns around the offensive line coming into the season high on, on Penn State. But the concern was the interior defensive line and the offensive line. And potentially the wide receiver room, because, you know, is there really a true number one guy in that room? I, I don't know if that's really been answered at this point in time. Um when you think of championship caliber offenses, there's normally that dude that jumps off the page from a wide receiver standpoint. I, I don't know if they have that, but the offensive line was a little concerning. Second half comes around that they, they get it going, um, but you can't have a slow start from the offensive line in, in these big games coming up for, for Penn state, uh, but they get out with a good win. Um, Washington rolled, you know, 31, 24 against a, a tough Arizona team. Like I said, I, I think, Teams like Colorado and stuff, they can't overlook in Arizona coming down the pipeline. That's a that's a tough program. LSU Old Miss, just an absolute shootout. That was it wasn't good football, but it was fun football to watch. That was awesome. I I got that one wrong. We we were on LSU. I had concerns about the LSU secondary. That was obviously a concern for LSU because they hit the portal hard last year um to bring in guys and it's it's getting a banged up unit, but man. I thought they were going to be a little bit better up front. Jason Dart, holy heck, man. That dude, he 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 showed out. I, I did not fully expect him being capable of that, that for Jackson Dart. Um incredible on his part. Now his wide receivers were were pretty open a lot. Um Jalen Daniels, I thought, did a great job. Um Unfortunately, just didn't have it at the end. A lot of a lot of bad missed calls there from an LSU offensive standpoint. You know, just not being not being sound. Um, that hurts. That 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 definitely hurt them. Um, a lot of, of of bad penalties at the game at the end of the game. Um, I don't know why old LSU is still ranked with two losses at this point in time. It feels like they should probably be bounced out. I know the offense is great, but that defense, it's taken on water, and it's taken on water fast. Um, yeah, great, great win for Lane Kiffin. I think that's probably a program-defining win at this point in time. It's got to be his best win, to my knowledge, that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, so a really, really solid win after that Alabama game for them. Tennessee gets some revenge on on South Carolina. That that team that was that was a brutal game to watch from an injury standpoint. Uh, that really sucks. I, I hope hope those guys have good recoveries because that that was a tough one to watch. Uh, but they get revenge there. Kentucky upsets Florida. Kentucky just owns Florida at this standpoint. Uh, that Florida program they got a must win against Tennessee. But Billy Napier is 
firmly on the hot seat. That that's a tough situation brewing down there. Um, good on Kentucky. I I definitely underestimated this Kentucky team. Now they hadn't played anybody up to this point, so to me they hadn't looked as explosive as they need to. But they looked good against a good Florida defense. This is a team that's going to compete for sure um, and going to going to have some be a tough out in the SEC um, to say the least. Which talking about the SEC. The SEC West is wide open. I mean, Texas A&M, which is not a very good football team, still has a very good shot to win the SEC West. Like, you got Kentucky, or sorry, in the SEC West, you got Alabama, Texas A&M, LSU, Old Miss at the top. There's not a dominant team. I think Alabama, after... Their losses, they got things going a little bit better against Mississippi State, but the SEC West is wide open. Um, so that's going to be an interesting division to keep it to keep an eye out for. Um, good football all around. We'll have a good deep dive. Just wanted to get on here, give some thoughts, give a quick recap of, of the college scene this week. Um, a lot of good games. We got the Red River rivalry coming down the, the pipeline. Cannot wait for that. That's going to be an awesome game. We'll have the preview show out uh, on Friday, as always. And I hope you all enjoyed uh, the week. We'll, we'll see you Friday. Peace.